0: Welcome to the Last Wicked podcast. I'm your host Benny, and thank you for joining us. For this special episode, I'm joined by my fellow co-host Mayank, and a special guest Karthik, who goes by the handle Elite Cynic on social media. I feel like there's a story there. Welcome, Karthik. Thanks, Benny. Uh, really happy to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, excited that you're with us. Like we were talking, uh, you know, off air that uh, we've been. Uh, following each other on social media and I feel like I've probably follow you more <laughs> because you post more cricket related uh dudes than I do uh but I'm actually glad you know whenever we when you know uh, me and Mike when we get to talk to people that we've interacted with on social media it's it it, it is it feels a little weird at first you know people that you know you see their names scrolling on social media and suddenly like now face to face uh so I'm I'm glad that uh, we've got this opportunity. And, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the World Cup. you know, the, what we are, the idea behind this episode, uh, it might be a little strange for some, because we are just about a week f- away from probably the midpoint of the World Cup. Uh, but it's a good, good time to do like a pulse check of how the tournament is going. So, I really want to start with you, Karthik. I want to get a sense of uh, how you're feeling about the games in general, in general, uh, about how the tournament has progressed, uh, anything that you've enjoyed, especially with regards to the teams that you probably pegged as, you know, will be the top four. How do you feel the tournament has gone uh, for them? Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Benny and Mike, for actually having
1: me. I would uh, like to start talking about uh, the importance of a World Cup uh, in an average fan, especially an Indian fan. Right? We growing up. Uh, there's my third World Cup in India that actually uh, in my consciousness that we are following, and pretty it's pretty special because uh, there used to be this obsession growing up about World Cup and all the teams and all the players and all that and. Uh, I honestly, having grown up, it's not the same in two anymore, but still a World Cup is a World Cup. It's a world event. The only thing I felt was like we could have had uh, 14 teams, which we have next year uh, instead of 10, but that's fine. It's not a big bummer. Uh, I honestly feel that there's been too much being made in, of out of lack of close games in this World Cup. I don't think... That's a, that big an issue. I'm not bored of this World Cup. I actually am enjoying the World Cup and I would actually looking forward to the World Cup. I'm actually looking forward to the World Cup to the rest, rest of the games because the main centers, we are going to see like Bangalore has more games. Uh, Eden Gardens has not even started uh, having the games. And then you have, you know, uh, Vankhede has remain Today, Vankhede hosted its, its first game. So the real centers, that actually have it, it, where the crowd and ent- enthusiastic crowd and um, participation to and, and acceptance to neutral games uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it to be really honest the only thing i'm dreading is a one-hitter semi-final to be honest but that's for another day but um yeah uh, regarding the favorites of the world cup i honestly thought england where i had them in my semi-finals but looks like they might not make it. It will be a miracle if they make it. To be honest, after what happened today, um. But other than that, I don't think any team that actually didn't prepare well is not doing well. I mean, any team, the teams, all the teams in this World Cup, their performance is a direct reflection of their preparation and their selection. If you see any team which actually not doing that as well as you expected or anticipated. It's probably cause of either selection mishaps or injury issues or lack of preparation. Um, I, I, Pakistan lost Naseem, which is unfortunate. England seemed to have their own issues with selection uh, and uh, with Roy and um, Stokes and uh, Australia with one spinner, uh, one specialist spinner. I would think they are also in that particular zone. But I, I think the well-prepared teams like New Zealand yeah. India
0: are, it's a, their results are the reflection of their preparation. That's what I think. You know, you were talking about this conversation around the lack of closed games. Uh, I was thinking like today, the game today, today which was between South Africa and England, I had pegged this as one of the games that would be one of the most exciting ones in this tournament. And yeah. it kind of was for the first half. And oh, then yeah. the second half, it felt like we were watching a completely different game, which is strange because my pick for the semi-finalists were going to be South Africa, England, India, and New Zealand. And right now, uh, India and New Zealand are, are playing like they are going to be the world champions. South Africa had like one stumble, and I think it's a little too early to say that uh, anything to interpret from that one game. Uh, But England has been kind of a a weird one. So I'm curious, who were your four picks for the semifinals when this tournament started?
1: So to be really honest, I had uh, India, South Africa, Pakistan, and England. These were my four uh, semifinalists because I always thought Pakistan cannot be written off. Um, somehow they, so they scary, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So these were my four because I'd, I'd written off Australia because of their uh, lone spinner. Uh, I mean, Zampa can only do so much, and Maxwell cannot. As the tournament progresses, the pitches will get drier, and spin will play a bigger part. And at that time, head wasn't in contention. So I really thought that Australia, um, with that one specialist spinner, might find it hard. Which was bizarre, actually. They didn't uh, choose Ashton Agar, but uh, it is what it is. So, yeah. But now, uh, New Zealand, to be honest, I honestly didn't have them in my top four. I thought, you know, they with Kane coming in and all that, I thought they might actually have. But I was wrong. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong. They seem to be the best uh, suited team for all conditions. To be honest, they have played in across all conditions in this and they come out on trumps and india for example has only chased in this world cup but new zealand has played two games defending and two games chasing so they've actually had um, they are they they've actually had everything on their plate and they've conquered everything that they had to so my feel yeah. new zealand is the no longer the dark horse probably it's the favorites now so mike uh who
0: were your top four picks
2: uh, so I had England, uh, India, South Africa and Australia. So I think right now the way it's looking, it looks like England has replaced New Zealand in that. And I think the reason I had England was, you know, like pretty much most people, it's hard to write off this, this English team, you know, the, the sort of white ball talent that they have, you know, people like Phil Salt are not even in their top 20. Um, so it's hard to write them off. I My only th- concern was, you know, people like Ben Stokes and others coming in with, little to no match practice, but interestingly, they had the easiest schedule because they started with, uh, you know, apart from the New Zealand opening game, they had a pretty easy schedule to start and it is now that they're facing they face South Africa today, but now they have India and Australia remaining. So my thought was because they have an easy schedule, they'll be able to ease into the World Cup, they'll have time for a couple of people to find form and was still expecting them to be a you know a threat so that they've surprised uh but pleasantly surprised i <laughs> always happy to see the back of england so um yeah uh-huh. no no issues with that uh but but I, yeah, know, I know, <laughs> but I think new zealand have definitely been the surprise package I, I agree i think they've overperformed in terms of i think just their Bowling form was not as solid coming into the World Cup and suddenly Satner is taking all these wickets and Lockie Ferguson looks like he's 2019 Lockie Ferguson. So, um, yeah, they've just been uh, performing well over um the expectations and yeah, it should be a good game tomorrow when India take on New Zealand and that too in Dharamshala, which has, you know, the most uh, seen movement for amongst all the venues in this World Cup.
0: I want to ask both of you uh, about which game so far at this point, uh, which game you've enjoyed the most, not, not necessarily talking about in terms of close contest or thrilling finish, but just in terms of the cricket that was played, uh, which one did you enjoy the most? And I'll actually start so that if you guys need an extra sure. minute to kind of think of what uh, which game you enjoyed the most. For me, honestly, the first game that India played, right? India vs Australia um, was the game that I enjoyed the most just because when India started batting and then they were what, two for three? (laughs) I was thinking, here we go again. And (laughs) it it just felt like PTSD, you know, (laughs) all the old traumas resurfacing. And it was so refreshing to see the calmness. and the clinical, really, the clinical manner in which both Rahul and Kohli batted. And, I mean, we know they're capable of it, but it's still, you know, the World Cup. It's it's the kind of tournament where India, you know, promise a lot and then don't deliver. So for them to really, you know, calm every nerve of the Indian supporters and, you know, essentially win that game, and then the other three games that uh, they played, I, I call it... Uh, you know, India is playing this tournament with main character energy, you know, like (laughs) they're the main character and everyone's like the supporting role, just the way, just the dominant manner in which they have dispatched all the other teams. Um, so I enjoyed that game just because I feel, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, how well this plays out in the remaining games, but uh, I think the manner in which they were able to seal the game against Australia after that early kind of strife I think now they have the self belief they have the that confidence that this world cup is theirs for the taking and they just need to put their head down just keep doing what they're doing and they can you know lift the trophy in a few weeks so I found that game to be the most illuminating and uh, I, I mean there were probably more exciting games For sure. And, you know, especially the Afghanistan versus England and the, you know, Netherlands, shocking South Africa. I mean, those are probably bigger stories for sure. Uh, But for me personally, just India being able to defeat Australia after the start to their batting uh, innings, uh, for me, I enjoyed that a lot. So what did you guys uh, find, uh, Karthik, we'll, we'll go with you, which was there any particular game or games that you really enjoyed watching? Um. Yeah. I mean, as you say, India
1: Australia was obviously very good. Uh. I mean, two for three. Like in in fact, I had tweeted that back to back games in World Cups, India has been five for three. Who would have thought? You <laughs> know, But uh. Yeah. yeah I. I'd be really honest. Um. I cannot lie that I didn't enjoy India Pakistan. Obviously, it was it was a good game. You know, the energy was really good but uh, yeah. i always like that underdog story right so england versus afghanistan and delhi was special and even if you take uh south africa versus netherlands right i i, I loved both these games really south Af netherlands scored 101 in their last 10 hours it was it is something that unheard of uh, i i really enjoyed the way uh, that game turned, uh, you know shaped and for england uh, for afghanistan to actually go winless in last world cup and Actually, have their win, uh, and it it was a bittersweet moment to be honest because England became the first team to lose against all Test nations kind of in World and at the same time Australia became uh, went to the bottom of the table, so it was like double whammy that day. So I, I really enjoyed that, and what, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, uh, what the the beauty of an underdog, I thought you know, with the way Mujib bowled, uh and that day, um. How it turned out was good, and obviously India Pakistan. I'd have to talk about that slightly with one fifty five for two, outstanding bowling by Bumrah. So that's something I really enjoyed. But if you have to, if I had to pick one of these three, I'll take England Afghanistan because I always wa- love to see an underdog win.
2: I I would I was gonna go with the same because I think just the context of that England Afghanistan game was so interesting. That last World Cup when they met, they got absolutely hammered. Um, yeah. Rashid Khan went for one hundred and seven hundred and ten yeah. in his ten overs. Um, and Afghanistan have been doing well without being a very serious challenge. Like, I mean, obviously, no offense to them, but they have really have one batsman that they rely on, and, and they the fact that they managed to push this England side with that one and a half batsman, uh, yeah. is is quite outstanding. Uh, the I would seen the twenty nineteen India Afghanistan game live. And even in that, they pushed India to the last over, to the second last over. And it was such a fantastic game, you know, just seeing, I think it was Mohammed Nabi who was the hero at that point. It's like they've been pushing all these, you know, major nations consistently, uh, struggling to get over the line. So it was really good to see them get over the line against England. And and yeah, I think Mujeeb's over to Chris works the way he worked him out. That was just brilliant. It was just top quality cricket, and and to Karthik's point, where you know there was a lot being made about oh yeah, games are not being closed and this and that. You know the ODI World Cup isn't going as to plan. I I think if you actually watch the cricket, the cricket has been really good quality. So, uh, you know, obviously there have been phases where teams have, you know, bowled badly or fielded poorly. Things like that have happened, but you expect that over, you know, a 20-game or 40-game period. Um, But overall, you've seen some splendid performances like that Mujib and Rashid performance against England. Um, Even Netherlands, you know, they they lost their last game to Sri Lanka, but they've recovered really well from 90-for-6 so they've shown that they can fight and i think that's that's what is the best part about the world cup
0: yeah i you know i, I wanna get your guys thoughts on what has been your story of the world cup so far or, or like what has been what is a the theme that has stood out for you just from these first 19 games um because you know to your, to your point of like again talking about the quality of cricket and and, and you guys mentioned about how teams that have prepared well for this tournament are seeing the benefits and I mean th- this goes back to a point that I, I believe in that teams have to uh, and, and feel free to disagree and give your thoughts on it but I feel like momentum is so important when it comes to World Cups mm-hmm. um, like you have to time your peak right uh, yes, I, I yes. think Mike we may have had this conversation before that I I, I feel like India's I I was worried, or this is probably like the cynical or just kind of anxious Indian Mm -hmm. fan in me, that I feel like India has peaked a little too early that, you know, they're kind of like winning all these games pretty uh, comfortably. And now my worry is that they'll get to the later stages or to the semifinal or final and have that one bad day, which I felt like is kind of was the story in the 2019 World Cup too. So I feel like teams like India and New Zealand, like New Zealand, you mentioned, you know, they have had those struggles in the lead up to the World Cup, injuries and like loss of form. And suddenly game one against England, they they were treating England like a, you know, like a minnow team, you know, just just, uh, Conway and Ravindra just smashing them with ease. And now they look like a good unit. Now, granted, they have faced kind of, you know, comparatively like the weaker competitions so far. And they're going to be meeting tougher ones in the coming uh weeks but still like india and new zealand i, I feel like are good uh examples of teams who've planned well and have or have timed their you know peak uh so to speak and that's where teams like australia and uh, pakistan have kind of struggled because pakistan looked good for a long time in the lead-up to the world cup suddenly injuries loss of form Australia has been a weird one because they've had this confusion over their leadership, like their captaincy. And then they've had injury troubles as well. But both teams, again, Australia and Pakistan, you can never rule them out just because when it comes to World Cups, they always write a different story and there's still quite a way to go. So I'm curious, what do you guys think? um, You know, anything that has stood out for you in the World Cup so far, as far as like the big story or the big theme uh, of this tournament?
2: I don't know if that's one story, but I I mean, I do think that prepping and and peaking is is important. Um, For example, you know, the India of 2016 to 2019, that was just a phenomenal team, you know, whether it's one days or T20s, we went to South Africa and bashed them, what, 6-1 or 5-1, something like that, which India has never done in the past. And so the fact that all of that came together and we were playing you know really good cricket we topped the league in 2019 world cup kind of showed that we were on track but you know obviously with with these games it's it's one passage of play sometimes it's it's yeah. you know an hour yeah. of play which Changes the situation, and in in to New Zealand's credit, you know they obviously made the most of it in the semi final. But but to be fair to the, to be fair to India, they they did have the worst of the conditions, and New yes. Zealand did have conditions that suited them. So having said all of that, I think the story here is in India has done really good planning because if you look at twenty twenty to December, India had their fifteen sorted. Um, they were not worried about you know who they're gonna pick. They I don't think there were too many questions until of course Virat gets into an accident, Jasprit Bumrah, KL Rahul, Shreyas Sayer get injured, and suddenly then India had to experiment a lot more, figure out okay who's our next fifteen, who's our backups and things like that. Uh, I think they've generally done that well. You know obviously there have been a lot of questions as to oh why is Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli traveling to the Caribbean and then sitting out and. Sure, there there might be some sense to some of those questions, but overall, they've you know done their best that they can with with the amount of one days we play now to try and fill fill those holes, and it's it's really showing that they're they're prepared for these conditions. Um, again, it it's it, it's a tough game to predict. So an hour of bad cricket, and you never know they might end up, you know, finalists or semi finalists only. But but uh, yeah, they they really have all the goods to to do it, and I, I think the preparation pieces cannot be understated because if you look at Pakistan, for example, they come in as the number one ODI side in the world, but they've only played thirty six ODIs since the twenty nineteen World Cup, and wow. uh, till the start of this World Cup, and only and fifteen of them have been against Afghanistan, Netherlands, Ireland, and company. So they've actually played only 21 games against top teams. And on top of that, of course, they've been a little unfortunate with, you know, injuries, a couple of people losing form, right, in the lead of the World Cup. So, but, you know, even if you excuse those injuries, the fact that they played so few games against top nations, I think that just shows the lack of preparation and, and it's coming back to bite them.
1: Yeah, good points, Mike. Um, according to me, the story of the World Cup, I've already said about the best prepared teams uh, you know doing well so far i just will name uh four people from india and new zealand that i think have kind of made the difference um he, he, from india it's Bumrah, jadeja from new zealand it's henry and santner so if you look at these guys bowling you've already we've already seen a 399 we've already seen a 364 we've already seen a 428 we've already seen a 311 sort of scores but these guys are polling at under four or around fourish economy so that's the according to me that's that's a very big deal uh, i just feel that uh, they kind of have uh, Silently taken the um, not uh, fl- flown under the radar, but they are the real uh, success stories behind these two teams, which I feel kind of has been the story of the World Cup, which is why they are number one and two. I agree with your point about peaking early. I don't think India is peaking early. To be honest, I just felt that they had the worst sort of a shock uh, uh, with um um. 243 and they recovered from that so that that was probably the best medicine that india could have got it could have gone south from there but just feel that um india is uh, if one team that i thought i think is speaking early is new zealand because they have to face um you know other teams which are like better teams very soon so i i just feel that um new zealand i hope that uh we have that peaking early syndrome with new zealand but yeah, India, New Zealand. Their success has been the story for because uh, I'll be very honest. I was not very vocal. I was not as vocal as others about Dravid's criticism about handling the players. But in hindsight, it looks like the injury management of let's be honest, right? BCCI and injury management don't go hand in hand. We have had so many issues with you know so many players. So I was not very happy with the way that I are, um and Bumrah, all these guys actually went off to NCA and all that. So, but in hindsight, it looks like a great uh, move. I mean, the team is really looking like a cohesive unit and, uh, they, they, they look like the team to be, to be honest.
0: The, uh, other story that I'll, that I want to quickly uh, mention before we get into like the individual players themselves, um, uh, South Africa and England, you know, they're an interesting study in contrast because one of the two had to, you know, go to the, or were on the verge of having to do the qualifiers, you know, to qualify for the World Cup, yeah. <laughs> but it was oh, yeah. not England because the way England is playing, you would think, it, you know, it should be the other way around. England uh, are the defending champions, but I've played like anything but, whereas South Africa, at one point, it looked like they would not make it to the World Cup. Absolutely. And, you know, barring, barring the game against Netherlands, they've, you know, they look good all around, you know, not just the, the batting, but the bowling. And so it, it's, it's really been interesting. And again, you know, there's still a lot of games to go in the World Cup and fortunes can change very quickly. Uh, but is there anything that has stood out for you when it comes to these two teams, just like the contrasting fortunes?
2: I think for South Africa, I I think the top six were always expected to blow opponents away. So I don't think that has been the surprise. Um, I think their bowling was where the question was, because obviously Keshav Maharaj and um, Shamsi, when he plays, are are quality spinners. But I think they, they still have some questions to answer when it comes to death overs, as we saw against Netherlands, as we saw the tail of England, you know, whacking them around a little bit. So they still have some questions to answer there. But uh, the, the bigger question is them their ability to chase, though. They've been very, very solid batting first, and they've been doing that consistently over the last year and a half. They are not as good chasing. So I think that is something that South Africa needs to answer for sure. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think Lungi Ingiri's in, in form in the power play, bowling with the new ball, you know, bowling that tight spell, I think he had, what, five... Five overs, two maidens, nine for one, I think, against um, Australia. So, those wow. that shows that they've, you know, they've done a really good job overall and they seem pretty solid. A few questions to answer, but nonetheless, they're I, I would be surprised if they don't reach the finals at this point. I, I had England in the finals with India at the beginning yeah. of the tournament, but I think South Africa is looking good for that final, even ahead of New Zealand, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, England, I'm, I'm uh when they decided to drop jason Droy, and i know he had some form issues into the leading up to the world cup but that sent uh, to me that just seemed like england were overthinking it and um putting a lot of hope and really more like prayers on ben stokes and probably even like someone like Jofra archer to regain fitness in time for some of the you know the, the other games that are coming up there just seems to be too much muddled thinking in the management but again we're looking at it from the outside i don't know what thoughts and planning go into it but all with all with regards to all the statements that have come out of the england camp it doesn't look like things are going to change much for them so so karthik what what do you think about england's performance so far
1: um to be honest quite surprising i will be really honest but uh, when i look deeper into it i'm like is it i'm asking myself is it really surprising to be honest <laughs> because uh, obviously jason roy was the guy I, I mean i thought roy is an opening batsman you replace him with brooke you select brooke ahead of him brooke is a middle order player but then all this because you want to select you want to make sure that the talisman of 2019 knows like ben stokes The he, he ben stokes cannot bowl so they have to make room for another bowler. So you bring in Chris Wokes. Chris Wokes is not an India type bowler. You know he he uh, and neither is a very good player of spin. So that's another question mark. You bring in Liam Livingstone, who's like a very good T uh, Twenty player, but uh, in, in ODIs can he do? Uh, can he be a proper number four five batsman along with giving you like a good serving of overs? and you saw it today that he got dropped so i just feel that england got their selection in complete mess uh, with regards to where they were in 2019 the roles were properly defined and everybody that had to do uh something their roles were really defined but over here it's kind of just feel that there is a lot of confusion with roles Malan is undroppable, but then if you see, Malan is that sort of a player where he'll score runs, but the strike rate is not going very well with England's philosophy of, you know, we are going to play positively, sort of a thing. If in in hindsight, if you see right, the batsmen who are actually doing who have actually done well are Malan and Root, um, who are not really the English English, you know, we will go bang bang, we'll go type uh, type of play. So, so somewhere I feel that. Uh, there is, There has been an identity crisis with regards to English game per se. They, they Obviously, their bowling is slightly inexperienced. What happened to Topli today is unlucky. I think he's out of the tournament. So, yeah, Adil Rashid uh, came in at 8 today, right? I think 7 or 8, I'm not sure. Uh, he, he, that's, quite, that's against what England goes uh, as, like, you know, they they had batsmen pretty deep. So, Adil Rashid is a guy who used to bat at 11 or something, but now yeah. so big be- all this they had to do because they started panic- panicking after you know the lost Afghanistan. So, just feel that yeah. their campaign has gone south. Um, I think again, the entire they fell prey to their own philosophy or of we will play attacking cricket, you know. So, somewhere I think. I also feel Joe just particularly underwhelming. To be really honest, uh, kind of reactive than proactive. Uh, uh, yeah. And now in Stokes, is hit one eighty two recently, and very quickly, and he's like, you know, he's a he's a player who can win new games. I'm kind of skeptic too.
0: Yeah, the you know probably after this workup is done, I think we'll do an entire episode on. english team and their thought process going into the world cup and whatever (laughs) ends up being the final standing for them at the end of the world cup because there are so many stories there are so many topics to explore like jaws Butler's captaincy this england's fatal attraction towards ben stokes (laughs) um, them dropping uh jason roy in favor of harry brook you know there's just so much to talk about so we'll get to them and we'll give them sufficient time, you know, to really get go get into it.
2: Yeah. So I think, um, I know we've talked about some of the key teams overall. Uh, wanted to think, wanted to start with looking at individual players a little bit. So Karthik, I guess in your mind, uh, any standout performers, both from batters and bowlers perspective, that have um, maybe surprised you, or, or if not surprised you, um, just come good in the World Cup better than what you know uh, most people had anticipated. I mean, I can I can start. So the one um, I'll give everybody a second to think, but um, the one player that I I was particularly surprised, uh, or I should not say surprised. I guess I don't watch enough Sri Lanka cricket these days to to not, uh, to know in each player, but uh, the left armer. Um, Madhushanaka Shanaka, I thought he was really, really good. You know, he's, he's taken, I believe, five wickets in the power play already, um, or might have been six with the Netherlands game, actually. And he's shown really good lengths and, you know, bowling really well. So I think that, considering he's just 23, probably has a long way to go, learn more tricks, um, has a really good future. So uh, definitely a standard performer for Sri Lanka. And I know they're not one of the big teams that... Was you know, likely going to knock down that door and get to the top four. But nonetheless, there there's clearly good talent there to make sure, you know, to come the next World Cup, they have a more mature team and are able to compete better. Um, so definitely something, somebody I, I think is worth watching out for in, in upcoming years.
1: Yeah, Mike, um great point about Mahdushanka, right? I, I saw a wonderful graphic on Crickinfo, was it, where he bowled that over, uh, i think against uh, australia was it uh, where it was a wicket zero, 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 0000 and wicket so it was like wow so yes. uh, yeah. so <laughs> he has really been the surprise package it's surprising actually so to start off my uh, my the player that has impressed me the most in this world cup is Kusel mendes to be really honest he has um, exceeded my expectations. he has the best strike rate as we speak and I think he hit eight sixes in that one game alone against South Africa. Mm, uh, Sri Lanka is like kind of uh, to be really honest mid team and uh, they 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 have a lot of dependency on Mendez, Dananjaya, di you know all these players. So Mendes really has stood up for them. so I thought Mendes is not in the top I think I don't think he's in the top four. But uh, he has the best strike rate for a top-order batsman. And he, he, he I think he's clocking 200 runs or something already. So, that's that's a guy that, um, the, a batsman that has impressed me the most. Surprise package, I would have to say is Rachin Ravindra. To be really honest, I, I didn't, I, nobody expected, I think, for him to. I mean, when he hit that 96 odd. Yeah, when he hit that 96-odd against uh, Pakistan in that warm-up, right, everyone was like, ah, yeah, I mean, warm-up, man. DK is like the warm-up gentleman for India. He keeps hitting hundreds in warm-ups, you know. (laughs) But then the guy went one-up in that uh, opening game, so I thought, okay. And then I thought, okay, this can't be a fluke. He hit a 50-odd the next game. So I thought... Yeah, he 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 solved their headache, basically, Kane headache, you know, Kane wasn't there around, so they had to drop Will Young for accommodating Kane, so that Rachin plays. So, he's the surprise package, Bowler obviously has to be Bumrah for me, because the guy has been in a different planet when it comes to... Uh, bowling, I mean, touchwood. I, I, whenever he comes to bowl, I, I there's this heart skips a beat as an Indian fan that you know, uh, wrap him in cotton wool because he can be <laughs> with that back, <laughs> don't stress, stretch him too much, don't play unnecessary games for Gumbra and stuff. But you know, those two balls, uh, I'm pretty sure they're already been talked about so many times to uh, Rizwan and Shadab at Ahmedabad, right? I, I just felt that stuff of uh, magic that Bumrah produced on that wicket. Um, And the guy that I feel has slightly underwhelmed me is Shaheen, to be really honest, because I had a lot of expectations from Shaheen, Mm. but somewhere I feel he's not 100%. um, In that Asia Cup game, the first game where we were all out for 267, he had that 4 for. he took all So everyone thought the old Shaheen is back, but... Honestly, don't see him getting the same amount of swing for a left hander that a Stark or a Madhushanka or a Bolt is getting. So, somewhere I feel something's off with him. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, if, I mean, Shaheen's performance... Pakistan's performance hinges on Shaheen's performance, I feel. And Shaheen has kind of underwhelmed uh, so far. I mean, I know he took a 5 for against Russia. It was really good. But, uh, I mean, if you ask him if anybody everyone would have actually expected him to you know, do a bit more. That's what I think.
2: Right. I think the fact that the ball is not swinging as much as it has in some of the ICC tournaments also hurts him. But, but I do agree. He definitely doesn't look like he's hitting the lens consistently, even exactly. if the ball was swinging.
0: Well, I, I would really break it down into two. That is, one is players that have really impressed me. And then we can also talk about, well, I will talk about the players that have surprised me with their performances. Uh, but to start off with, the players who have impressed me, um, <laughs> I would not definitely not surprise, but Rohit Sharma, the, the way he has played, just because of yes, you know yes. the, the narrative, right? Well, with India playing at home, there's this sense of destiny that's written about uh, Rohit Sharma because very famously, he was not selected for the 2011 World Cup. Um, and he himself has you know, expressed how disappointed he was about that exclusion and, you know, the work that he had to put in since then. And now, you know, 12 years later, he's he's back in the squad uh, for a home World Cup. Now he's the captain of the team. There's a lot of expectations, you know, that, you know, India are favorites. If India don't win the World Cup, nothing short of a tr- trophy, you know, that would be considered a failure and his failure So the way he has not just led the team, but has batted, you know, like in the games against, um, especially Pakistan, uh, again, and Afghanistan, just his approach, you know, there's no hesitancy, there's no, you know, like, playing himself in and exploding, he's just like, gone there. And it seems like he has a lot of clarity in his mind. There's a lot of freedom. uh, you wouldn't think he's the captain just the way he's going and batting it's like he doesn't have any pressures in the world it, it's a very refreshing sight so he's definitely one of uh right up there along with some of the south african batters who have really impressed me when it comes on on the batting side of things um and and speaking of batting, too, like one-off um well not one-off actually it was two knocks right you you mentioned karthik uh, Kusel Mendes, um, he, he's been actually in pretty decent form leading up to the World Cup, uh, including the Asia Cup. But his, um, you know, after South Africa racked up the humongous total uh, in the first innings. And then Sri Lanka, you know, I don't know what the expectations were, yeah. but he came in. And for the first ten overs, it looked like Sri Lanka could really knock this off. Um the way he was batting and just showed it was not a fluke. And then in the next game against Pakistan, he he defeated that assault. So for all of Sri Lanka's woes, this tournament, you know, I think there's a lot of potential in, in Mendes and I know he's been around for a while, but they need Sri Lanka really need him to just keep going to be, to continue that consistency and players around him. And uh, yeah, like, you know, uh, Samara Vikrama. Samara Vikrama. um, Like, he's another player who's very exciting, you know. Like, he seems like he could be a solid middle-order batsman for Sri Lanka. So, guys like uh, Mendes and Samara Vikrama, I I think, are great boons for Sri Lanka. And uh, if they keep going, I I don't think this World Cup, you know, their performances are going to change the team's fortunes. But... uh, Big picture, I think they've got a couple of gems in them, and hopefully they have long futures ahead of them. Um, on the bowling front, uh, Mitchell Santner has been really impressive. Um, again, another player who's very familiar with Indian conditions. You know, apart from his stints in the IPL, even in previous ICC tournaments in India, he he's shown what he's capable of. So all these guys, yeah. uh, they came in and you know, they're doing what they were kind of yeah. expected mm-hmm. to do by their teams and their supporters. Um on the surprise uh side of things, surprising performances, um I would say the entire South African yeah. bowling, because I had very low expectation. I knew the bad batters would do fine, you know, like the Aiden Markrams, Quinton Decox, Claussen, Millers, you know, there was they have the pedigree to succeed the bowling, you know, after Andrik Nokia was injured, I was not sure how the South African batting, uh, South African bowling would do. Sure. They have the big names, you know, Rabada and Gidi and all of that, but I don't know. They just didn't seem to excite me. I didn't know how they would do, but they landed in India and suddenly they're You know, brushing away the batters as if, like, you know, they're showing their full potential. So uh, they've been really, like, a surprise package for me, uh, just the way they've done. And even, you know, talking about South Africa, on the batting side, like Marco Jansen, I know it's, like, one game. But the clean strikes, it it was just amazing to watch. Like, it was like he was using, you know, his... I know it's like uh commentators favorite <laughs> to say the long levers, but he really <laughs> maximized it like with those clean heads so yeah those are these are the players and kind of like the units uh, that have really impressed and in turn surprised me and um it'll be interesting to see how that any of that changes yeah, I just
1: wanted to add a uh, a couple of things about Jansen, right whenever he comes to bat and he starts hitting a shot Any commentator, you know, with that recency bias starts going back to that SA 20 innings that he played, and then he mentions about the innings against Rashid (laughs) Khan. But honestly, Marco Janssen is another guy who's really surprised me not with his bowling but with his batting because I don't think that uh, he's a number seven batter, but the guy has really, you know, surpassed everyone today. He was like in a different league. Yeah, uh, his bowling I fear when the day when he will bowl to Shreyas Iyer to be really honest because you know, his ball might reach Iyer but uh, uh, but I feel uh, the other thing about South Africa uh, while you were talking I think they are the only team with four of their top five already having centuries in this tournament. Uh, De Kok has two, uh, Markram has mm-hmm. one uh our, our Rasi van der Dusen has one and now today Klassen has won. So uh so that I think they if anyone is peaking they are the guys who are actually really peaking as we go as we speak. And yeah one last point about uh, Santner that you said. I forgot to mention uh, I mean it was a hard thing to for me to pick between him and Boomrah. Uh, but Sandner in that game versus England, right, didn't concede a single boundary in his entire uh, 10 overs. I mean, uh, that's... Uh, I was probably reading or came across a tweet somewhere that the last time it happened was Kuldeep Yadav in 2018 when he was really... Uh, I think it's in England, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah. that's a very big deal. So, you have to give credit. Sandner has been epic and, yeah, who can forget that seventy nine at Nagpur in 20 yeah.
0: the thing the thing with and, and I think this is a little unfair, but you know when it comes to Indian players playing in India, yes. we just expect yes. them to do well, right? We only get uh, if they're not doing well, the, the question becomes why aren't they doing well? Whereas for any other team playing in India if they do well, oh look, they're performing well in Indian conditions. And I think that's the burden yeah, that yeah. the Indian players have in this World Cup where they're just expected to win every game. And I feel like Siraj is like one of those examples. Like he's done a tremendous job in the last few years, but he's not had yeah. the best tournament so far. And everyone is okay. like talking about oh, he should be replaced with Shami or you know, he's he's not doing well. And I think that's just the burden that the Indian players have to have. Which is kind of makes it even more impressive when someone like Santner um, is able to kind of take a little bit yeah, back attention in the day
1: when India used to do well in England, people used to be like, oh, he plays for Lancashire. He's using all his knowledge about Lancashire or Derbyshire. It's like now it's like the <laughs> other way around. Oh, he plays IPL. Mitchell Santner, Chennai is his home ground. And right, But right, it can right. backfire like how it did today where uh, I think the British commentators were talking about Joss Butler using his quote-unquote IPL knowledge to decide to chase today uh, because he was like, he knows this ground very well. So uh, it could backfire, yeah.
2: I think I think the one other player which we haven't mentioned, actually two, uh, well, we kind of mentioned the South African bowling. I was going to say Kesha Maharaj has been solid as well. Uh, but the other player I wanted to mention is Aryan Dutt from 99. Netherlands. He's been very, very good. Um, I've not had a chance to watch every Netherlands game, but I I feel like anytime I watch him he's he's, you know, on target. And I believe he's just twenty, so he has a long way to go, nineteen or twenty maybe. Uh so he's a long way to go. Uh definitely somebody to watch on and, you know, we can hope that he gets some some chances, whether it's in, you know, the the T twenty leagues around the world to develop his game a little bit more. And I think that'll yeah. do uh Netherlands just to... So really it'll be perfect for Netherlands because they already have a good pace bowling attack. So to have a solid spinner, uh, you know, I know there's uh, Ru- uh, uh Vandermeer and then there's uh, Ackerman, but both of them are more on the 35 age group. So they're not going to be around for very long. So if they have somebody like Aryan Dutt who can develop um, and be around as uh, to support their pace uh, bowling, I think that's gonna be really good for Netherlands and, and their future as well.
0: You know, I don't I know we haven't really talked a lot about Netherlands so far, um, but I want there's two things to it. one is Netherlands themselves as a team, uh, but also the leadership, Scott right? Mm-hmm. Scott Edwards, uh the captain. He's been tremendous, you know, uh, from the little that I've watched uh of Netherlands performance so far. Like, Scott Edwards himself, like, as a batter in that game against South Africa, changed the momentum of the innings, along with Vandemov, and yes. I think Aryan as well. Um, but then, even his leadership on the field, he has he has this Dhoni-like characteristic where he's just very, very calm and very, like, even. He doesn't express too much. Uh, you, you You would never know if the game is going bad. Uh, you know, like the same thing we felt with Donny, like you never knew if the game was going bad or if the game was good for the team. Just if you looked at the body language or the expressions. And uh, I think for a team like Netherlands, they're obviously starting off with a huge disadvantage because they have not played with the caliber of, of these teams. That They don't get to play with the Indias and the South Africans and the Englands. They don't get to play with them consistently. And then suddenly they're expected to perform well in a World Cup against them. And they still meet the challenge. And I think a lot of credit has to go to the leadership and the captaincy of Scott Edwards. Um, Has there been any captains for you uh, in this World Cup who have really shown their mettle, whether in a good way or just like in a bad way? I know we kind of talked about Joss Butler, and I feel... It's probably for another episode. I don't think he's exactly captaincy material. In a sense, I know he's won the T20 World Cup, but when things are going good, he's really good. But when things go bad, he seems to kind of disintegrate. Uh, but what is your take on the captains of this World Cup?
2: Uh, I mean, I think in general, uh, obviously like the teams that have done well, and I feel like this is such a tough, tough question in general, captaincy, you know, judging them from far, because... As you said, like when your players are in form and they're delivering, you can make a silly mistake. You can bring on a bowler, a bad match up, whatever you want to call it, and it'll just work out. So sometimes you know that helps hide yeah. the these uh, these things. But having said that, I think Rohit has been absolutely spot on. Like the player, the bowling changes have been just incredible. You know, they were uh, against uh, Pakistan, for example. Everybody expected to see Bumrah back once they got into the over number, say 33 or something, to bowl a couple of overs, try to break the partnership. But he brought back Siraj because the the wicket was staying a little low, so he wanted somebody who could attack the stumps a little more. And he got the wicket of Babur. So like just those changes, things like that, Rohit Sharma has just been phenomenal. Like there's there's little doubt about it again um i mean i feel like we used to say the same about kohli in, in games we won and you know when we consistently did well so with, with the way the expectations are with the indian team we're one bad game away to start criticizing rohit's captaincy yeah. but but uh, but I, I, you know i i do believe that a captain is only as good as his team so that's why it's it's always a little bit challenging to to pick like that um but uh, trying to think through some of the other captains and Tom Latham definitely stands out. It's obviously not that he hasn't captained New Zealand before. he He's done that whenever Kane is absent and he clearly knows his resources and, and knows what to do. Uh, but going back to Netherlands, the other piece that was really good to see, really interesting to see was... They had a, a cheat sheet that they had, they were carrying around, and they were using uh-huh. that to plan. Um, yeah. my, my guess is matchups against certain batsmen or batsman batters or certain strategies, and and that that was pretty refreshing to see, which you know kind of shows that um, the the upcoming teams like Netherlands are also reliant on on these strategies, and they you know they're not afraid to use those strategies and rely on their data analyst. Which is um, which is refreshing because I feel like a lot of these top nations, India included, are sometimes a little bit afraid of doing that. They they rely on their instinct more than more than uh, data or yeah things like that. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing to see, and hopefully that you know, will get more and more common.
1: Yeah, uh, great points, Mike. Um, I have to agree. Rohit has been the captain so far of this tournament. His bowling changes have been absolutely amazing. He the pakistan game that if you can uh, if you remember any other captain would have taken siraj off after you know the initial he kept persisting with siraj and eventually got shafiq's wicket i i'm pretty sure i mean in hindsight it looks great but i honestly feel rohit's handling of the resources rohit's body language rohit's uh, uh rotation of the bowlers everything has been really really great um in fact, I I just feel that he's just leapfrogged uh, leapfrogged everybody else as in 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 that captaincy department in this World Cup. If you come from the top, I've already talked about Josh Butler, not really. I don't want to say captaincy material, but to be really honest, when you see him uh, attend a press conference or he he seems helpless when they actually lose. Uh, not really, he's not Ben Stokes. When it comes to captaincy, like, I'm not a big fan of Pat Cummins in white ball cricket, to be really honest. I I really feel that Pat Cummins as a captain of Australia is actually a spot wasted. Uh, I I probably would actually have somebody else. uh, But Australia, uh, I mean, no disrespect to Pat Cummins, obviously an all-time great bowler in red ball. But Pat Cummins in white ball is slightly that too as a captain. Uh, Bavuma has been slightly underwhelming I know he's a good captain good guy um, probably inspirational and all that but now that with Markram coming in having you know secured such a big win uh, there probably would be a slight question mark like now how? what do we do now with Reza and Rick scoring 85 you talk about um, uh, New Zealand right yes Latham has been awesome Latham has actually had a lot of experience but then with the Kane situation, where Kane comes in, will Latham be the captain if Latham here? So that's also slightly in flux. Who else do we have? Sri Lanka, lost Dasun, Shanaka, um, you know, Midway. So they have their own captaincy. The elephant in the room is Babur, that I feel that, you know, has not been up to the mark as a captain. Uh, on Personally, I am I'm not impressed with Babur's captaincy because... Um, in every press conference, he instead of addressing the actual problem, he probably finds a reason to blame a dropped catch or something else for the uh, as the root cause. So I, I just feel Babar has been slightly. I fear for Babar. To be honest, I feel if things don't go well, we might see Shaheen becoming captain after this World Cup. So slight, very good player, but I, I just feel that when it comes to captaincy, he's been slightly. Not brave enough, I felt. So, uh, if you, uh, did I miss anyone? Obviously, Scott Edwards that you've talked about, he's really good. I've really been impressed. Uh, um, you know the way that he employed sweep shots. Basically, the entire leadership of Scott Edwards, right, um, has been. Uh, that's something that I, I've, I've really been impressed. Um, Bangladesh is a team that has underperformed, according to me. I had great expectations out of them. Tamim the episode was unfortunate, uh, but they still have a lot of potential. Um, I I have huge. I'm a big fan of Alan Donald. I thought that Alan Donald's um, guidance will really help with the fast bowling attack and all that. And I I really rate Mehdi Hasan Miraz as a top uh off bowler. He's he's very very good. In fact the series that we lost three nil in South Africa, Bangladesh told South Africa soon after and maybe won them the series basically there. Now, even in the in the game against Bangladesh uh, for India, he tossed up to Gil. Gil hit him for a six. He didn't um, he he didn't flinch, he tossed the other ball, next ball up and he got I think Gil and I both in that game. So yeah, so right. they, their performance has been slightly underwhelming. Shakib uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, I I think he has been good as a captain per se, but still we haven't seen the 2019 World Cup Shakib. So when I see everyone, I feel Rohit is probably ahead of the pack right now. And uh, again, it all goes to preparation.
0: I mean, Afghanistan too, you know, they have such uh, uh... Star players in, in the likes of uh, Rashid Khan, Nabi, and Mujib, and um, Gurbaz. So we can keep, uh, Gurbaz. Uh, but then you have the captain who is kind of like, uh, kind of goes unnoticed almost. Um, but he seems, uh, it, it seems from the outset at least, like the players respect him. He's not controversial. Um, he's, he's genuinely is nice. And, you know, especially after the England game, uh, you know, just the way he spoke and the players spoke of him, it just seems like they've got a pretty decent leader. I think it's... Hashmatullah uh, Shahidi, if I'm not mistaken. Hashmatullah Shahidi. So, yeah, they've got a pretty decent skipper. I almost asked, as you were reeling off uh, all these teams and, the team, uh, teams and the captains, I almost asked... What about West Indies? Uh, yeah. And I was like, "What about West Indies? Oh yeah. no, they're not even playing this World Cup." Has it felt weird for you guys? Because I, 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 was thinking the first week, something feels weird. Something feels different about this World Cup because, in all my years of following ICC tournaments since 1996, uh, West Indies has always been a fixture, and in every tournament, there always seems to be this one game which is like one of the most exciting games or exciting finishes. In the last edition, Perhaps, we had the Carlos yeah. uh, Bradway's hundred against New Zealand. Um, I don't know. There's just something about West Indies that it, it seems wrong to have a World Cup without them. Have you guys felt their absence?
2: Honestly, I had not even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, they're not just a that. great one-day side. They're just yeah. you know off late. Obviously, they've struggled with qualification and um, the fact that not just you know Afghanistan but Netherlands has also beaten them and and gotten past them. That just kind of shows where they stand as a one-day side. They're obviously a better T20 side. Um, So, yeah, I had not even thought about that, but yeah, I I do see Caribbean Cricket Podcast, uh, their Twitter handle posting, you know, uh, some memes or some funny comments once in a while and just talking about if you know if a team does dismally they'll just say oh yeah they're like yeah. Uh, remembering the west indies and and playing just like them so that's the only thing i have thought about the west uh, funny indies. thing about West
1: Indies, i had gone to i mean i had gone to a friend's place and uh, we were all sitting and chilling out and suddenly one friend uh texts us saying that hey you guys should switch on the tv it's getting exciting it was the qualifier between netherlands and west indies and that is probably the most insane game I've seen in recent times with uh, how it ended. And uh, that's the last memory of West Indies in, in ODI cricket that I have. As Mayang said, I'm not missing them, to be honest. I, I felt last World Cup, the game against Australia, they had them in their grasp. And then Nathan kunter comes in and hits a 90-odd and wins them. The game was so frustrating for me. Uh, sometimes I feel they're more mercurial than Pakistan, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll surprise you with a surprise win against some yeah. random uh, favourite team. But then they'll de- get defeated. Too. Like, I remember 2015 World Cup, they lost to Ireland. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Porterfield said that uh, we should not consider this defeat as an upset. We are here to play cricket. It's not like... So, it was a fair statement. So, yeah... Um, I'm not missing West Indies to be really honest, sorry Caribbean cricket podcast guys don't listen to this.
2: <laughs> all right, I think what we should end with is uh, I think we've talked about like the quality of cricket being solid, obviously, there have been odd phases where catches have been dropped, or you know bowlers have missed their lens bowling at death, for example, um but overall, the quality of cricket has been solid and I wanted to end with maybe one key battle that you've seen, you know, some bowler taking on a batsman or, you know, a pair of batters um, that you saw that you really enjoyed. Um, Benny, can I start with you this time?
0: I think the South the South, South Africa games uh, have been fairly good contests, even as, you know, some of the results have felt lopsided. Um, some of the one-on-one battles, especially... Clausen, when he's taken on, when he's in the mood and he takes on a bowler, it seems like the bowler is like irrelevant to the contest, you know, he just like knocks them out like the game today, you know, again, uh, against England, he was in a lot of discomfort, right? It was hot, it was humid, at times he was just like, uh, just like hunched over uh, on the ground and Mark Wood was bowling these thunderbolt like Yorkers and but he was still there he and then he got through it and he was smashing everything it was just like great to watch like it, it, you know equal contests are fine you know they're fascinating to watch like this one-on-one battles when it's especially like even but there's also a special joy when one player is completely dominating the other person <laughs> that's uh i don't know uh, this this just like a unique joy in that but uh but as far as like a good uh good contest uh even like the other uh funnily it's not between two major countries but when south africa was playing against netherlands um as long as david miller was there it seemed like south africa had it under command but every single bowler who came on to bowl like uh, the the dutch bowlers none of them panicked they kept bowling to their plan and it was just fascinating to watch you know like david miller is the product of a, a team and a setup where you know they have so many so much more resources than the netherlands and they have the you know the best coaching system that they could afford to get you know all of that planning and preparation and Here he is against players who play, you know, other like very low ranked teams uh, and he couldn't get past them. Like they kept bowling so well, like this is a South Africa side and we can talk about like the mental aspect of of South Africa, you know, another day, but it's still, uh, it was not like a daunting chase. It was not like a huge total that they had to chase, but Netherlands kept doing the basics right to the point where Miller and South Africa couldn't get away. To me, it was just, when I was watching it in real time, it was engrossing because I was thinking, okay, this is the point where South Africa are going to get away. You know, they're going to like take control of the game, but it never came. And it was fascinating that it wasn't like another established team that was kind of having South Africa in trouble. It was Netherlands, a good team. They've, you know, they've earned their way into the World Cup. And they played like that too in that game against South Africa. So that for me was uh, uh, one of the battles that I enjoyed. Yeah, for me,
1: yeah, for me, uh, one of the balls of the tournament was the first game that we played. India played against Australia. Um, Jadhesh's ball to Smith, right? Because um, it was a beautiful delivery, um, uh, loop, dip, spin. And, uh, you know, it took off. I mean, beating Smith is not easy, to be honest. I thought that was one of the key battles that um, we won. India won in that um, that yeah, on that day. Obviously, we've talked so much about Bumrah. I don't want to talk about Bumrah. Uh, one thing that has actually impressed me a lot is Rabada's bowling in this tournament. I feel Rabada has really come out and delivered he was probably under par and people were like, is he losing his mojo or whatever, but his ball is swinging a lot. He's, 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 he's delivering really well. And I think if Rabada does well, South Africa do well. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, tomorrow, which is uh, New Zealand, Bolt uh, Bolton uh, Henry versus Indian top order at dharmashala uh, um, um, Kind of looking forward to it. Another battle that I am looking forward to, which I already said, is uh, Ma- is uh, Marco Janssen versus Shreyas Ayer. I'm not uh, joking. Ayer is one of my favorite players. I really feel that he has a great temperament. I think he has played the short ball well in this particular tournament. But that will be a really good test for him because I want him to do well. So, these are my picks about um, the balls and the battles' key matchups that I'm looking forward to.
2: Yeah, I think I think that New Zealand one is gonna be is gonna be fun for sure because last time Matt Henry obviously took apart the Indian top order in the semi final, and we're playing. Funnily enough, we're playing at the ground which provides the most seam assistance in India yeah, amongst amongst the venues so far. So should be fascinating. Both teams coming off you know solid records, so it's it's set up for a perfect matchup. Um, we'll see if it ends up being a close game or not. But the one other piece, and I briefly touched on it, was uh, Lungi ngidi's opening spell against Australia. That was a brilliant spell in, in my mind. I think they had obviously uh, batted well, but the fact that they, you know, the, everybody was wondering if there a chance can Australia, you know, put up that total and 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 you know chase it down. But that spell just closed the door on Australia. I think at that point, even though he, he took just the one wicket was economical there's too much left and australia's middle order has not been in great form so they, they had more or less just closed the door on australia so i think that was another um, yeah. really uh, one
1: key battle uh, that i missed was rohit against pakistan because obviously rohit is the um, you know uh, 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 all eyes were on rohit you know with how he faces shaheen and the way he dismantled Roth in that game, right? I thought uh, he—it was a statement that he wanted to make. Plus, his intent in that power play—it's um, pretty good to watch that. But h- while we are all there, I wanted to ask you guys, what has been the ball of the tournament for you both so far? If you can think in.
2: Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, there's the not awesome wide one. ball to goalie. Very good answer.
0: (laughs) That was that got the most reaction from the ground, from the team in the dressing room, and umpires. Oh yeah, action packed. yeah. Yeah, yes,
1: yes, it was. I I think to be honest, that's the right answer. I don't think any
0: of that's a win. But when it comes to skill, I think uh, the boomerah delivery to Rizwan. I think for me, the timing, the context of that innings, the context of the game, the context of the stage of the innings Mm -hmm. with the way Rizwan is playing to get him out, it's always going to be boomerah, right? That has to be one boomerah delivery that just like...
2: I think the one that I was gonna pick was uh, Rabada's ball to Josh English. That was also. I think his oh, expression yeah. itself. Oh yeah! What a ball! He, that the was. moment he got bowled, he was he That's had like so, a, so, what what just happened uh, expression. I think yeah. that was a beautiful delivery as well.
1: It was the opposite ball to of what he bowled to Usman uh, Khwaja in a Test match in Australia. I remember it just. Went in like this, and kwajak uh, had no answer. I think it was to a right hander. This ah yes, his expression was insane. It was a great ball, great pick actually. <laughs> that 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 one, great pick. I, uh, if I were to talk about spinners, obviously Jadeja a ball to Smith comes to mind. But I'm pretty sure there are some other balls which I'm not able to think right now. That
2: has been. Uh... I think I think Mujeeb Twooks is up there. Yes, Twooks. That over was phenomenal. The Great way he ball. worked him over. Great ball, And Yeah. The other one that comes to mind is also Kuldeep working out Maxwell because at that point in the game, oh, Australia yeah. were not completely out, out. Mm-hmm. and Maxwell being the fantastic player of spin that he is, the the fact that he can attack from the go, I was like, this is this is the guy we need to get, and the game is ours. And Kuldeep was just spot on. You know, this is where I feel that he's grown because in 2019, and obviously there were, it's it's not that he wasn't a world-class bowler in 2019, but in 2019 we had, you know, we rocked up to um, the ground and and saw 58 meter boundary against England and our, our top two spinners, even though they were in good form. Went for the went to the cleaners, oh, and okay. I feel like Kuldeep with that with his extra pace has that you know in him that he can manage that now with a really attacking side. So I think he handled Maxwell really well. Yes,
0: good good shot. So uh, to to wrap this up, uh, you know, since we're doing this episode is all all about taking the pulse of the World Cup so far. So I'll uh, end this by asking you, and I'll give my thoughts on it too, but. After all that we have talked about, uh who is your current pick for the top four <laughs> who, who's gonna make it to the same finalists uh who's gonna make it to the same finals based on their performances so far?
2: I think the top four right now that are New Zealand, India, South Africa, and Australia, of course, Australia has shared points with with Pakistan, four games, two wins, two losses. So they are Pakistan's fifth. I think the top four will stay the same. Um, Obviously, Australia-Pakistan is still tight. But the reason I think Australia will go ahead above is there is a few players there who are starting to find their rhythm. Adam Zampa seemed bowled a really good spell in the last game. So finally, it seemed like he was, you know, coming back to the Zampa, we we know. Um, So that's going to be useful in the remaining games. And, and the other aspect is they've only lost to two really strong teams. Like India and South Africa that are the two games that they've lost. But those are two really strong teams. So they still have, you know, weaker teams that they can capture and get their momentum. Some of the middle order players can get their, um, um, you know, get their form going. Uh, Pakistan has more questions to answer, which is why I think the top four right now will probably be the top four. Obviously, we'll have to see how the order comes yeah. out too.
1: I'd agree. I'd, I'd think the same. Uh, I was about to say the same. India, South Africa, India, New Zealand, South Africa and Australia. Um, to be honest, I think as we go along the tournament, um, the teams, the spin will start playing a more important role because the wickets would be probably second use or whatever or you know there will be slightly uh, more impact of spin. And uh, that's where I think... Australia, with their one spinner that is Zampa, will become really crucial um i i I honestly I can't think of Pakistan being able to sneak into the top top four eh, unless there is some sort of a miraculous performance because Pakistan's spin bowling department is not as good as we would expect it. Shadab has underwhelmed Osama Amir is quite raw. And, you know, they, you know, Iftikhar Ahmed is not very, is a part-time bowler. So, just feel Pakistan might fall short there. Also, I feel the India is in a good position because for some reason, India's games have been planned so strategically. Obviously, the locations, uh, the home team has to have the advantage. So, you pick England, it's in Lucknow, which is like a turner and a big ground. Uh, Bangalore is a run fest. You give it to Netherlands. One K day, you give it to the other qualifier, which is uh, uh, and yeah, Sri Lanka. And you know, so so I I just feel India uh, is now India will go to the top four. I mean, uh, barring a miracle, and I, I think it'll take a miracle for India to not go. After that, we'll have to see. So most likely, I feel India with this current top four that I just told you um india is playing will play it semi final hopefully in one day and that's after that it's just two good games so that's what i feel i'm not sounding cocky yeah not <laughs> to sound <laughs> cocky <laughs> but no i think
0: no that's completely completely fair just the way that india have been playing i don't see them losing to netherlands sri lanka england yeah and uh who's the other team new zealand right so new zealand. new zealand is it's a it's kind of hard to say and we'll find out soon enough but uh the other three i don't see them losing so no that's a fair shout uh i think the consensus uh is that you know india uh new zealand and south africa definitely are going through and i agree and the fourth pick you guys have been very logical in breaking down why it'll be Australia and not Pakistan. The <laughs> thing is, Pakistan does not follow those. I goals. know. Like I know. All all those things, all those reasons you mentioned from a cricketing perspective, absolutely right. You know, <laughs> but this is the same thing that I felt when uh, during the last T Twenty World Cup, you know, Pakistan lost to Zimbabwe and they lost to India, and there's no reason that they should have even made it to the final, and still did. That's just yes, yes. That's Pakistan. <laughs> doing Pakistan. So I'm going to listen to my heart rather than my head and say that the fourth team is going to be Pakistan. They're, they'll find a way somehow to make it to the same final Yes, because um,
2: they, just, yeah, they just now need. Uh, Mickey Arthur to come out and say "Kudrat ka Nizam. I know, I know,
0: I <laughs> know. <laughs> or hire someone to come sing uh, "Dil Dil Pakistan" <laughs> somewhere <laughs> right, outside the dressing room. <laughs> so That'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. And uh, again, there's still a lot of games to go, and things will change, and it'll be fascinating to see how it, how in, to what degree it will change. Since our conversation today. And I okay. hope you will be back uh, for that, Karthik. You know, yes. when we sure. break down, um, you know, the next stage or the next phase of this World Cup. So thank you both. Uh, special thanks to Karthik, you know, your first appearance on the last Wicket. And I hope uh, first of many more. So uh, thank you all. And uh, let's uh, hope the World Cup keeps delivering.
1: Yeah, thank you both uh, for having me. It was real fun talking. Um, Yeah, just uh, thinking about this great game and the connections that you form. I'm really glad to be here. And thanks again for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to an episode of The Last Wicked. Do check out other episodes on your podcast app of choice. Or at thelastwicket.com. This podcast is a Cricket Guys production featuring your hosts, Benny and Mayank. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate and subscribe on your platform of choice, follow us on your social media feeds, and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening, and from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy.